everyone. It's your girl Trinice from American Idol, and I am encouraging you to tune into the Michael Finkley Show on Roku TV and YouTube. Our guests today are following their life's purpose. We have Aaron G. Williams Sr. Uh, my goodness, is a jazz guy from Chicago. See, when you get a little bit older, certain things Stop just... Aaron. And the GOAT himself, Kyle Green. It didn't help other people's sons and daughters um, find success in their life, man. And I've been really, really, really fortunate. All coming up next. Working all my life just to make it. Just to make it. Michael Finkley Show. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> so good to see you. Now, y'all know about Michael Sullivan from, right? The Finkley Experience. You may hear me talk about it from time to time, right? But in 2017, it was a dream. A dream that I was anticipating to happen in the future. When I took my, tr my students on a trip to D.C. to a conference, it was an amazing experience for them, but for myself as well. I saw persons in their element. They were inspiring, they were motivating, they were encouraging others through their words and through their expertise of the subject matter they were talking about. I told God right then and there I wanted to do that, but didn't know how. But God has a way of showing you where you need to be. By the time 2018 came into place, I had already booked my first speaking engagement and my first professional conference. It was an amazing feeling. I knew I was in my element when I'm up there presenting and encouraging and giving advice on things that I know I'm an expert in. It's just an awesome feeling. And I know that this ministry is a part of my life's purpose. Y'all, our guests today are doing the same. We have Kyle Green and also Aaron Williams with us, two awesome individuals with incredible stories about their life's purpose. So another show you don't want to miss. Don't you go away. We'll be right back. Coming up, we chat with Aaron Williams. We'll be right back. On the next Michael Finkley. Dr. Lisa Justice and Micah Vaughn. Next Finkley. Friday. Hey everybody, my name is Arthur Vernon R. Matthews Jr. I just wrote a new book called Family Ties, and I also want to say a special shout out to one of the kids that I mentored and has got his own TV show on Roku, Michael Finkley, and this is 100th episode, so if you guys want to really hear about this book and see what's going on, check out Mike Finkley on The Finkley Show. Looking for a mentoring program for your young male between the age of 6 and 18 in Columbia, South Carolina? Well, look no further. Big Homie, Little Homie Mentoring Program is the program for you. Under the leadership of Mr. Jamal Stroud, Big Homie, Little Homie is a 50C3 nonprofit organization that caters and mentors at-risk youth that come from single-parent homes. The organization caters to young males between the ages of 6 and 18 within the greater Columbia area. The organization is devoted to shaping and molding their life into great men of society. Become a Little Homie organizes male gatherings, discussions, and even educational assistance devoted to guiding and leading them into a positive light. Making a positive attitude will help in transforming life regardless of what is experienced in life. For more information on Big Homie, Little Homie Mentoring Program, visit our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. Now, our next guest, he is a musician. He is a composer. He's a producer, y'all, and the list continues. We are we have with us today Aaron G. Williams. Aaron, thank you for being with us today. Man, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, 
Oh, you're very welcome. You're very, very welcome. And y'all, I tell you, this man is a musical beast. I tell oh. you, he is a <laughs> musical beast. No. Uh, so when did you discover your relationship with music? When did this happen for you? Um, I'm pretty sure it had to be at a pretty early age. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I remember is going to choir rehearsal with my parents every Wednesday. Um, and I was just so fascinated by uh, music. Actually, I'm a drummer first. Uh, so I, um, I was fascinated by drums. So mm-hmm. uh, my uncle Tim, he would, during church service, he would put me on his lap during church service and he would, you know, let me play while, you know, while service is going on, while I'm sitting on his lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would pick me up during the week and he would take me to church and he would show me things and um, and just kind of opened up my mind musically to um, some different things. So um, it was probably, yeah, it probably happened at an early age. And I also remember I had a, I had like a little toy car that I used to beat on and I had a cardboard box for my floor tom. Mm-hmm. I had a, a little uh, uh, suitcase to sit on and that was also my kick drum. So I was just always fascinated by uh, music. So, and then my mother and father had um, a lot of, well, my mother, she listened to a lot of gospel. Uh, then my dad, he listened to like a lot of jazz, pop, R&B. So, uh, our LP collection was very extensive and very broad as far as uh, the different musical genres. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. And you took me back as you were talking. I'm just like, wow, it started with drumming for me as well. I was in my grandfather's church mm-hmm. and there was this drum set and they gave me some sticks. I think I was like maybe seven years old. And it's like, OK, okay. do it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I sucked at it. I really did suck at it. Because uh, <laughs> when it came down to like um, the, the beat and you know staying on beat and so I was just like whoa, so yeah. I, I never I never did it after that again. Never. I went to singing. I never did it after that again. No, 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 no. <laughs> is this oh. a is is music a ministry for you? Yes, it it definitely is a ministry. Um, I think. Um, Music should be a, a ministry to everybody who's involved, whether you are a singer, a musician, um, even the sound guy. I think all these elements are very important. Um, and plus, I mean, we could we could always go to the Bible and prove it. Amen. Uh, you look at David and Saul. David. Oh. Uh, Saul was tortured by evil spirits. Uh, I believe that he was probably suffering with uh, depression, anxiety, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was bipolar. But it was David who played, number one, skillfully, and number two, he was anointed. And I believe those two things work in tandem that helped Saul to be able to uh, find comfort uh, in those moments. And then um, you can also read about, I believe it's in... I want to say Second Chronicles, the seventeenth chapter, somewhere around there, where um, the king got an a choir, mm-hmm. and they sang praises unto the Lord during the battle. And next, you know, all the the enemies they begin to turn on themselves. Um, you could read about um, uh, whenever the trumpets were blown, uh, like the the battle the battle of Jericho. They, yep. they marched around on the seventh time. They um, they sang and shouted praises to God and things came down. So um, music is a ministry. And it, it, it really, uh, those those things that I just described in the Bible really kind of um, let us know that when it's done right and properly, things happen. Yeah. So I believe that, yes, that it is, music is a ministry. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And I feel that I, I've done shows about music before and just just hearing what persons have said about it for them, right? It can heal, it can mm-hmm. deliver, it can yes. save. Yes, right? yes. So, so many different things from this prospect of what we see as a music 
um, industry or music period. Um, so you mentioned your father. I'm so sorry to hear about the loss of your father. Um, Thank you. This, yes, sir, earlier this year. How did he contribute to that love? Oh, you know what? He, man, you know what? What, what I said at his funeral uh, is that he created um, a world for, for us as far as his kids. Yeah. And, um, he created this world of music where um, mm-hmm. I was so fascinated with music that he, he brought home or, we, or he listened to different genres of music, not just gospel. Uh, it was pop. It was rock. It was jazz, um, funk all these different genres. So I became very um, enamored by these different sounds and, and et cetera. So, uh, and he allowed me to listen to this stuff. And um, not only that, but uh, he, me and him would go up to, we would drive to Chicago from Rockford um, to this place called the Guitar Center. And uh, he would just, you know, allow me to browse the store and, beat on drums and then go to the keyboard section and, and play things. Um, so yeah, he was very in- instrumental in my uh, music upbringing. Um, not only that, but there was a group that my cousins and a couple friends had, um, it was called Songs 100. And to me, they were uh, ahead of their time as far as you know, pushing the boundaries of sound uh, or having these type of sounds on top of gospel lyrics so he would take me to these rehearsals and i mean my mind was just so blown as far as what i was hearing and experiencing so he played a huge part in my uh upbringing actually um i believe he took me to my first studio session whoa yeah so yeah so yeah so this guy named steve uh, muhammad he um he was living in chicago and uh, a guy named Kevin Chandler owned a studio. I believe it was on Michigan somewhere. Um, so I guess Steven talked to my dad and said, hey, you know, try my boy out. So it took me to Chicago and I was just blown away with with all the keyboards and the equipment. And um, yeah, he 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 was there when I did my first session and I, w- I had to be uh, maybe a teenager, maybe earlier. So, yeah, he played a huge part. Yeah. Amazing. And because of that, that him contributing to that love, you have been successful, my friend. You have worked with some major individuals. Uh, name some of those persons that you have named that you've worked with, but also who do you still want to work with? Well, man, I, of course, I worked with um, uh, Destiny's Child. I did a song called Love. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some things with my sister, um, Heart to Yours, that album, and the Do You Know album. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some work with, um, uh, oh my goodness, is a jazz guy from Chicago. See, when you get a little bit older, you, certain things Stop just... It, Aaron. <laughs> things, uh, things just slip. I did a jazz artist here, uh, Ricky Dillard. Um yeah. Uh, worked with New Direction, uh, Chicago Man, um, DeAndre Patterson, and uh, Progressive Radio Choir, uh, just to name a few. Uh, I would love to work with these artists. Um, I would love to work with Tasha Page Lockhart. Uh, I think she's dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Courtney Wilson. Uh, Fred Hammond. Yes, yes. Uh, and then I would like to work with uh, Michael McDonald, mm. uh, Celine Dion, and even um, Reba McIntyre. Uh, oh, Rascal Flatts. Oh, wow. I work with Rascal Flatts. Amazing. That's an awesome list, Aaron. That is a great list. And we know as believers, if we speak it, it has to, it has to happen. That's it right. It has to happen. Wow. Yeah. And so... Bro, you mentioned your sister. You're, yeah. You mentioned your sister. Yes, um, the world knows her as Michelle Williams of, De- of Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I must say, I am a huge, huge fan of your sister. Oh, thank you. Thank you. 
I'm a huge fan. I, I tell you this, um, my friends get tired of me because that's all I really listen to. Uh, if it's she is second on my list, CC is CC one is number one. Yeah, that's my second gospel female artist of all time. Is your sister? It really, I have all of her gospel albums, literally. Oh, uh, right. I do. <laughs> Bless you. Yes, yes, y'all, y'all are just awesome, and I see that y'all are really, really close. So her mm-hmm. life changed because she became this. This figure, right? How did yours change as a sibling of being her brother? Uh, it, it changed in this way. Um, that's my, of course, that's my baby sister. Yeah. And uh, I will always be in her corner. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are some, well, I began, well, I had to become somewhat defensive uh, because you have people who, um, don't like her success or they just don't like her as a person for whatever reason. So, um, you know, social media can be a platform where it could be used for good or, or otherwise. So I find my, I found myself being defensive. Um, of course, that's my, that's my, that's my blood. Yeah. Of and, course. Yeah. Uh, it kind of got underneath my skin. So it's like you could read so much. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you just have to say, you know what? Let, hold on. Let me set this record straight. Let right. me say things on behalf of my sister. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I became more uh, defensive. Um, I had to really think differently. Um, I looked at her success as, to me, a God thing. Because of out of all the people that auditioned for that role, mm-hmm. she was the one who got it. And the thing about it, it's like she wasn't the um, she didn't have she, she, she doesn't have all the runs and the, the vocal gymnastics that that singers have nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I looked at that and I said, well, you know what? Maybe it was just her time, her season. Yes. Yeah. And maybe she just had the favor on her life that allowed her to get in that position. Um, so I had to look at my life and say, hey, man, you know, you have a set time right. um, for things to happen. Um, and it really inspired me to uh, be uh, bold. She now. Knowing my sister, I, I grew up with her. So even as a child, she was bad. I mean, she was bad. But I looked at <laughs> I, I could tell you stuff. She was bad, but I, I looked at I looked at that differently. Like, you know, she had the audacity to do what she did. Now, back when she was a, a, a you know young, she didn't know how to harness it. Right. So she used that audacity to be bad (laughs) but as she got older she used that same audacity to do things that people normally probably wouldn't do or would have done right so i look at that and that inspires me to just kind of you know go beyond my comfort zone yeah 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 yeah, always, always. And again, no matter what, as you said before, the support is still there. I'm the yeah. I'm the I'm the um, only boy. I'm the middle oh. child. Right. Oh. And so I have two sisters, one older, one younger. Oh, um, you uh, so say it again. Yeah, I say you're very spoiled. I am. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Me too. I, I am. I am, but I would do anything for my sisters. Don't mess with them. Because you Man. might mess with this one right here. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So, yes, sir. And so not only all the things that I described about you as being a, a musician and a, and a composer, but you're also a father and a husband. How mm-hmm. has these roles, what have these roles taught you about yourself as being a husband, as being a father? Uh, it's taught me patience. Um, it has taught me to, you can't view, uh, you can't view situations one way mm-hmm. uh you have to be very uh i would say versatile in your ideology and your your way your modes of thinking mm-hmm. uh, you can't look at i can't look at both of my boys in the same light because they're different people right 
And because they're different people, you have to, I have to adjust myself according to who they are. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I mean, I, I could use the same tools or the same foundation as far as rearing and raising. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to other things, I have to be, um, again, patient and I can't look or I can't treat them the same way. So I can't treat my oldest son like my youngest son, vice versa. Right. Different people. Right. So you have to be patient. And then with, you know, then with wives, you have to be patient. You have to be disciplined. Um, you know, so it's taught me a lot and it really has kind of um, seeped into my, my music, vice yeah. versa or whatever. So, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. And the teachings of life make us who we are currently. The yes, persons you see before us. So, Aaron, what is next for you? What's going on? What's going uh, on? With you? What's going on with me? Um, I have a collections of a collection of songs that I've produced over the years uh, that I've written written with uh, some cousins of mine, mm -hmm. um, friends, and so. Um, I'm going to do a series of EPs. Um, the first one is going to be three songs, uh, three instrumentals um, that I've written over the years. So I'm not really a type of guy that I don't want to say plat platforms myself, but I've just kind of been kind of in the background, like, hey, hey, pushing everybody else, man, go ahead, go ahead. But uh, for the past few weeks, I just really failed an unction to really uh, begin to release some music. Amazing. Well, I'm I'm hoping that it will bless some people. So it's going to be probably maybe five, six series of three songs uh, of three songs EP. So very excited about that. Um, it's kind of pushing me to um, kind of come from the back because I just love producing the music and getting it done. And going from there, but I think it's it's time for me to kind of platform what God has given me in a different light, in a different oh. view. Very excited about that. Oh, I'm excited for you. Please let us know when this is going to happen. Yes, sir. Because, oh, my God, the support is already on this side of the camera. Uh -huh. So please let us know. Um, I love the way you said um, you're pushing yourself, right? Sometimes we have to. We have to step out on yes. faith, right? Yes, and God yes. will handle the rest. He's yes, proven himself to us time and time again. So let's just Why do it. Now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, and you know, Aaron, I, I realized at the age of 31, when people say to me, I ask them how they're doing and they say to me, hey, I'm living in the dream. I know what that means now because this platform is my dream come true. I'm yes, currently sir. living in it. What is Aaron's next biggest dream? Oh man, it's a couple things in there. Um, number one, I want to I want to build a studio from the ground up somewhere in the woods. I love nature. I could I could stand outside, look at the trees, look at look at the animals all day, and just find a a type of peace and comfort um, in that. So I would like to build a studio from the ground up with. Um, living quarters, living spaces, um, top of the line studio. Um, I would love the studio to have even a cook because I love good food. Come on now. Come I, on I, now, Aaron. <laughs> I, and also I want the artist to be able to be comfortable. Yeah. But sometimes you, you know, I, sometimes you cannot be, well, I say you should be comfortable when you are, um, exhibiting your gift or or working in your your field so uh, i want the artist to come and um if they want to stay there that's fine they will book on site so whatever they want they could you know get it uh, my second dream is i really have a heart for people who have um suffered trauma hmm. uh, whether it's you know emotional trauma or whatever type of trauma there is, because I believe that, you know, trauma is a thing that can hold us back. Of course. Uh, and it kind of like, when you, yeah. when you experience trauma on certain levels, it takes you back 
to that time when you experienced that trauma. So you can be you can be 60. And if that trauma happened to you when you were 12, that tra that trauma is going to take okay. you right back to that mindset. When you're 12, you're going to feel the same feelings. You're going to smell the same smells. Um, and you're going to think as a 12 year old, which will kind of um, it will kind of prohibit you from making right decisions based upon what you experienced. So I have a heart for people that um, have experienced that. Now, I haven't even gotten into how to help people in that area, but it's kind of that's kind of something on my heart. And then my last dream is um, I want to create some type of foundation where I can give um, like maybe some drum machines to um, inner city kids. Um, because I know there's a lot of talent in, in inner cities. And I think a lot of times the kids don't have the resources to get their hands on a type of musical instrument, especially everything is, is computerized now. Um, a lot of them don't have the, the money or the resources to get their hands on something like that. So I would like to create some type of foundation where a music store will donate some some uh, drum machines or something like that so kids can have a safe place or something to harness this energy that they see and feel every day mm -hmm. you know because they, yeah. they're, they're seeing stuff on tv that's negative they're hearing uh music that's negative and, and i'm pretty sure they're just experiencing negative things on an everyday basis so I believe kids need a, a type of safe place or a type of place where even in their uh, dysfunctional atmospheres, they can create a safe place with a drum machine in their lap, put their headphones on and just be creative and create. And hopefully that could take them out of where they are into something better. Wow. Because music is therapy, right? Yeah. Sure. Yes, sir. Therapy. Definitely. That is amazing, Aaron. As I said before, once we speak those things and truly believe when we speak, it had to happen. Yes, sir. Coupled, yes. With, coupled with faith. That's it. We can move a whole mountain. That's it, man. We just need a little bit of it. That's it. That's mustard seed. You can't even see it. Can't yes. even see it. That's right. all that's required. Wow. How can they find you on social media? Okay, on um, Instagram. Uh, Aaron Williams Sr. So E R R O N. I'm sorry, Aaron Aaron G. Williams Sr. So my first name is E R R O N G. Williams Sr. on Instagram, and then on Facebook, uh, pretty much the same thing. Aaron G. Williams Sr. Mm -hmm. I'm not into Snapchat uh, and all those other uh, Twitter. Uh, what's that other thing? Uh, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of up there, so I forgot about all these things. So let's start all that stuff and, okay. and get on that. <laughs> Come join us. Come join us on yeah. this social media journey, Aaron. Come join I, us. I need to. <laughs> but, Aaron, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your words, your wisdom, and your knowledge. No one can do it better. Y'all, it's Aaron G. Williams, Sr., Thank you so much for being with us. And thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Right back. Next, we have Howl Green with us. Back in a moment. She is a flexible and she is a multitasker. She is a wife, a mom. She is city councilwoman. She, yeah. When I was growing up, mom worked outside the house, and so my dad was an entrepreneur. I saw him leaving early in the morning or late at nights to go meet with clients, and he was always one who told me, you know, if you show up on time, you're late. I just admire how she's able to not only juggle the demands of her jobs, but keep her family really first. The outstanding thing about the Isaac family 
is their noble contributions to improving the quality of life for our Colombians and people all over this state. Aye. Aye. Tamika Isaac. Do Solomon swear. Discharge the duties thereof. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations and best I first ran because I saw a need, I saw a void that needed to be filled, a voice uh, that wasn't there. And over the last several years, I feel like I've been able to be that voice. So often as women in whatever spaces that we're in, um, we are often discounted because we're a mom or we're a wife or we have this career. And she's an everyday woman who shows women what excellence looks like. She has walked the walk of being a small business person, of being a parent, of sending her kids to school. Columbia is a great place, and we have done a lot in the last few years as far as law enforcement. But law enforcement can't do everything, nor should it do everything. We have to really expand upon the tools, technology, and community policing, investing in our communities uh, so that law enforcement is a partner with our communities. Being a Columbia native, I've seen the way this city has grown. It's grown to the point that sometimes not everybody's been a part of that growth. I want to make sure that communities, specifically communities of color, make sure that they are part of Columbia's present and its future. I want to have a climate plan for this city that not only helps us be sustainable, but also helps provide opportunities for folks in the workforce. There are so many opportunities to take advantage of technology, uh, green energy. I want to be that advocate for growing our city and being on the forefront, not just looking at what other cities are doing and following them, but being the leader. If you don't have the right leadership, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. I think having a woman as mayor of the city of Columbia is long overdue. I'm Tamika Isaac Devine, and I'm running for mayor of the city of Columbia. Need a little motivation. Timothy Clifton is with us every week on Mondays to get your week started with a little motivation. All here on The Michael Finkley Show. I'm just not college material. I am tired of school. I'm just not sure what I want to do after graduation. Sound familiar? Welcome to the Prelo Educational Institute. Our focus is to help young people prepare for life after high school. It's never too early to start planting the seed for education, career, and life overall. The Prelo Educational Institute is made up of the following two products. The first product is the book titled, I Ain't Going to College, A Guide for Life After High School. This is the first book of a series that introduces middle and high school students to a young man struggling to find his way and make the decision about whether attending college is the right choice for him or not. The book has questions inside and a supplemental curriculum can also be purchased. The newest product from the Prelo Educational Institute is our online course titled Preparing for Life After High School. In this course, students will learn about decision-making, self-confidence, accountability, self-awareness, and many other topics that speak to social-emotional learning. Young people will read a story about a young man who never gave up no matter what the circumstances were. The course is interactive and has questions, quizzes, and video. Do not wait until your child or student is a senior in high school to start planning. Enroll today. To enroll and learn more, please visit www.speakerauthormarlow.com. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Ryan Toby. You know me from Sister Act 2, Mr. Oh Happy Day, and the hit R&B group City High. I'm welcoming everybody to join and tune into the Michael Finkley Show on YouTube and also on the Greater Works Network on Roku TV. Don't forget to subscribe. He's a mentor. He's a father. He is a brand influencer. Y'all, he's none other than Kyle Green. Kyle, thank you for being with us today. Michael, man, thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here. Anytime that I can speak to people that I know that are doing like amazing things um, on their platforms, I love to just bring my platform more to it. 
I love it. And we appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I am excited, sir. I'm excited to chat with you this morning. So Kyle, growing up in Savannah, Georgia, what are, what were some of your major positive influences in life? Because dude, you're a positive dude. Yeah. So, so it's crazy. So I was, I was born in Savannah, right. But I was raised in Ridgeland. So it's just right over the bridge, mm -hmm. but, um, growing up in like Pineland, it's like super duper country. Like I lived down like a two mile dirt road. It was just my grandmother house, my aunt house and my uncle house. And we had like a hundred acres of like land. So I grew up in that type of environment and they called it the hill. And on the hill, my grandmother was like the matriarch. Like she was like the queen. She was like the, the, the ambassador, the chief ambassador. So like my grandmother was my biggest influence, man. She was my biggest role model. And all my grandmother had was like a middle school education. And she had 18 kids over two marriages. Um, and she raised me and my sister when my mom really chose like the life of like drugs. And it, before I didn't understand drugs and addiction then, but I understand it now. So I used to fault my mom for not being there, but she almost couldn't really help it. But my grandmother, man, she taught me love. She taught me how to serve my community. She taught me how to give back. If somebody would die, right, my grandmother would, would make all of the food. She would make all of the cakes and she would take it for the repast. And she would she would make sure that that family was situated. She would make sure that they were good. And so when my grandmother passed, like her spirit, it seemed like it, it transformed into me. So that's why I do so much for my community. That's why I do so much for kids. That's why I do so much for people who are less than maybe where I, I am today because I knew what it was when I was once in their position. So my grandmother, man, she was my biggest, she still is to this day, man, like my biggest influence, my biggest role model, um, because still in her, her life after death, right? I still want to make her proud. Right, right. And that you are doing, my friend, that sure. you definitely are. And so how did you go from this person that was raised by this awesome woman and, and of awesome influence in your life to this great speaker that you are today? When, the, when did that transition happen? That's a really good question. So it happened when Trayvon Martin was, was murdered. Um, mm -hmm. Trayvon Martin was murdered in like February the 22nd, I think 2012. And so I was sitting in my living room and my son came downstairs. He was like, yo dad, I can't wear my rockstar hoodie no more because I might get killed like Trayvon Martin. And I was listening to Sabrina Fulton speak at an event that Jesse Jackson was having in New York. Yeah. I think it was called like the 1 million March or something. And so I was like, yo, so I went on my social media. I said, hey, what do y'all think about doing a rally for Trayvon Martin? I really had no intentions for that, that event to kind of go viral like it did in two days. Um, I had, so I woke up the next morning to hundreds of shares, hundreds of comments, people in my DM saying, yo, Kyle, I can help do this. I'll help you, help you with that. Because if we, if we remember now, Trayvon Martin was like the first social media African-American death that really kind of captured our imaginations. Um, I mean, George Floyd this summer and Breonna Taylor and all of those like Sandra Bland and like Walter Scott, like all those happened after Trayvon Martin. So it was that Trayvon Martin moment. And, and this is what I always tell people and anybody listening right, man, listening right now, remember this, take moments and make them your movement. I took a moment of Trayvon Martin losing his life, right? And it created the Kyle Speaks movement i took that moment made it my movement and i wasn't doing it to kind of do it where i can um, like monetize off his off his death right but just so happened that's how i discovered what my purpose was in life and it was to bring people together and it was to speak life and to speak um, um understanding and to speak wisdom and to show people that their life has a purpose and that they're here for a reason and take um, don't take for granted your purpose here on life so it was trayvon martin losing his life I discovered what my purpose was in life. And in two days, that event went viral. They told me that I had to speak. I wasn't a speaker then. Um, and so I was like, yo, you know what? I was able to bring 3,500 people together in two days. Called it the 1,000 Hoodie March. That's one thing. It's it like, yo, God will increase where you are and he'll increase the people that you ask for. I asked for 1,000 people, 3,500 people showed up. So it was in that moment um, of tragedy. tragedy I found triumph. Wow. Wow, sir. 
That is yeah. amazing. And I love that we used, the key word you said, finding your purpose, your passion, and you found it within that time frame, which is amazing. And so yeah. ever since then, you've been rolling, bro. You've been rolling. You've been encouraging. You've been inspiring others. I've been watching you from afar for some time now. And I'm just, it's just an encouragement to see, especially someone that looks like me. Right. Yeah, man. That's yeah. doing what he needs to do. So what are some of the opportunities that you have been placed with thus far in this journey? Wow. Like, man, I've spoken at, um, I mean, some of the biggest colleges, university. I've spoken at some of the biggest corporate companies. I've spoken at, bro, I remember I got an email, right? It was from Burt's Bees. Are you familiar with like Burt's Bees? Yeah. Okay, a lot of people are. I wasn't, I seen him, but I wasn't really familiar with him. I got an email. Her name was um, Courtney. She messaged me. She said, hey, we have an, um, an event. We would love for you to come speak to our like staff. I'm like, let me Google this company, Birds Bees. It did $3 billion the year before in sales, net like profits. So in my mind, when I look, so I messaged her back. I said, how did you find me? Mm -hmm. She said, well, we looked, we found you on, um, um, on the internet. And we, and they, and they really like, like my, my, my first book, the first book that I wrote, the mentality changer, a journey to help change how you once thought about you. And she said, we want you to come speak to our research and development team, the scientists who come up with the products. In my mind, I'm like, yo, I came from a mom who was on drugs, a dad who wasn't there. I had a daughter when I was 16 in the 10th grade. My grandmother raised me. I grew up down a dirt road. I couldn't read when I was a kid. Like, how do, how do a, a $3 billion company want me like little old me so that was like one of and, I, and i've had a lot of amazing opportunities to come as a result of me finding out my purpose but that one that one it just showed me that i have value and that other people see my value oftentimes we don't think we have value because we might not see how other people see it so for a company of that magnitude of that caliber to speak before scientists and their research and development team to keep their their mindset on a growth mindset and not just a fixed mindset. Um, that was like one of the biggest man opportunities that absolutely like blew my mind. And I knew that if I could motivate a billion dollar company, right? I knew I could motivate anybody. That's it. That's it. Sometimes we see that one person say yes to get us into that mindset enough. I can actually do this. Right, because all you need is that one yes. One. One. Oh my gosh. And so also too, I see that you, you can ball too. You, you got, you know you got what some, saying? <laughs> the word on the street is you got some skills. So please talk about your basketball training Academy, please, please, okay. please. Yeah. So, so like I created this basketball training Academy. Um, my son was probably five or six, right? He was playing rec league ball at Blackfoot park and it was a deficiency whenever we would play the kids over in Kaufman Road because they were so good. Um, and so I said, we have to bring our skill level up so we can compete against Kaufman Road because they would win all of the city championships, the county championships, the state championships. So what I did was I knew my son was good, but he didn't really have the other people that was around him that could really like match his skill set because we always train. So what I did was, I told um, Blackfoot Park, I said, hey, can I, can I do like a basketball training? Can I get a day or two to like do it and help kids? Because um, then my son was like, yo, dad, you train me, right? He was like, and I'm pretty good. He was like, if you train the other kids and you charge this $5, you can buy me the LeBron James and the, and the KDs. That was his mindset with sneakers. I'm like, yo, he gave me an ingenious idea. I can do the same thing that I did with him with other kids. And it can help to close that gap. So I created um, Elite Fundamentals Basketball Training Academy. I train kids from five years old, girls and boys, all the way up to um, high school. Um, and I've been very, very fortunate and very successful in training. Because oftentimes, man, right, trainers get kids who like in the seventh or eighth grade who already kind of got skills. Right. I get the babies, man. People forget about the babies. Like I'm really good. I'm really, it's really important to me to like, to lay seeds in fertile ground that hasn't really been messed with yet. So if I can like start training a five-year-old when they don't really know, and I can start forming a good foundational structure around basketball, my dad, 
was a basketball coach for 30 years. His dad, my grandfather, was a coach um, for I don't know how many years. I'm a coach. Like, so I kind of have like that pedigree. So I just wanted to take what I was really good at, what I knew, what I did with my son, and then help other people's sons and daughters um, find success in their life. So Kyle, in the spirit of still assisting others as you did with your basketball um, academy, you have this awesome program that I just recognized um, during COVID called the GOAT Academy. Please tell us about this. GOAT. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So most times, and that's a beautiful segment to, to that, to the GOAT Academy. And we think about like basketball training and basketball players and NFL players and the LeBron James, the Michael Jordans, the Steph Curry's, the Tom Brady's. We think about them being the GOAT, not realizing that we can be the so if you have like your own YouTube show, if you are a realtor, um, if you do lashes, if you do makeup, like it doesn't matter what, if you do lawn care, like you can be the goat of that industry. So I help businesses um, grow their brand and I do a lot of like brand strategist work and I do a lot of like social media work and I try to get businesses to connect their brand to their product, um, their product to the heart's of consumers because oftentimes we think um, we think when we have a business we just got to push like the product the product the product the service the service the service and we fail to connect emotionally to our consumers to our customers to our ideal client so I help show business owners I help businesses grow from being good to being the goat the greatest of all times and I absolutely love it man um, when I was before COVID, you know, when I was speaking, I would I would do that. So when COVID happened, I had to kind of pivot. I don't like using the word pivot. And I had to do something different where I could then give a new. And I was always good at helping businesses. Like I helped Mr. Seafood. Everybody know Mr. Seafood. I got Kyle Special. Everybody know about Green's Kitchen um, with the pasta, the shrimp. Um, and everybody know about that's my mechanic. And so I helped those businesses grow their brand. And so I was like, yo, like if I was able, and I, and I heard maybe like a voice from God or something. I don't know if you hear God voice say, hey, Kyle, come listen to me. Um, but I heard him and he said, uh, like, imagine if somebody would pay you how hard you would go when you was going hard um, and, it, and you wasn't making a dime. So came up with the Goat Academy, man. So I helped brands deal, go from good to go. Oh, wow. That's amazing and amazing. I definitely feel that if you're helping others, you're helping yourself as well in that type of way, becoming the GOAT in your own way to become that super, super expert that we all need in this day and time. So exactly. what is next for Kyle? Um, so that's a really good question. I think I'm going to write a book, another book. I have um, two. So I wrote this, my first one, the Mentality Check. And I wrote this one with my daughter, um, hashtag father-daughter goals. A beautiful bond between a father and his daughter was formed by a simple promise. Um, so I think I might write one around like just the GOAT, man. Like it might be the mentality changer, the GOAT edition, mm -hmm. where I talk about, you know, just how I've, because books that I write, I kind of like to make sure I add value to a person's life. I want them to read it and then get something that they can take with them. So I think I might write a book, The Mentality Changer, to kind of change your mindset on how you see your business. That might be like, that might be good. Like you might have gave me, you might have gave me what I needed. I knew yeah, I wanted to write. Right. I might have to give you a shout out in the book. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's definitely next as the world starts to open back up, as you know, vaccines, the number of people getting vaccines go up and hospitalizations and death go down. I think the world is going to go to a new norm. I don't think it's going to go back to how it was. Yeah. I think we're going to go to a new sense of normalcy. And I think um, my speaking opportunities in that part of my career is going to take off and go to the next level. So that's what's next. All righty. How can they find you on social media? So, man, I'm, I'm all on social media, man. If you just type in Kyle Speaks underscore, you'll find me on Instagram, um, you find me on Facebook, you find me on um, uh, Twitter. Um, I'm really big on brand consistency with names having the like same handle. So um, if you just type that in, type in Kyle A. Green, 
you'll find me, man. And if I can ever help you, if I can ever be of any service to you, your business, your brand, your child, um, I try to deal with the totality of the community. I want to help the business owner. I want to help the person who works in the community. I want to help the professional mom. I want to help the mom, the single mom. Um, I want to help the kid who's trying to find their way. So you just reach out to me. My email is Kyle at Kyle. A is an awesome green. That's green with the E at the end.com. And if I can ever help you, um, please let me know. All right. You heard it here. The brand influencer himself. It is Kyle Green. Thank you, Kyle, for being with us today. Michael, let me just say, man, first, first to you, man. Um, I appreciate everything that you do. Um, appreciate what you do for not just the city that you live in, but the entire state. It's people like you who give people like me a larger microphone to just signify my message. And to anybody that's out there, support Michael, follow his page, um, be a part, subscribe to his YouTube um, channel. Because when we help others like build, um, we then grow together. And I'm a real big proponent of that. Exactly. Awesome, awesome words of encouragement. What's up, y'all? I'm Leon Frierson, former cast member from Nickelodeon's All That and co-host of the Prime Nostalgia Podcast. And I'm here to ask you to join me in watching the Michael Finkley Show weekly on YouTube. Now, I've been on the show, so I definitely know it's a platform where you'll be educated, informed, and inspired. Now, don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you on YouTube. And I'm Nakia Baris. We encourage you to watch the Michael Finkley Show on Roku TV and YouTube. Don't forget to click and subscribe. Calling all trio, gear up, jag, and other college readiness organizations. Hello everybody, it's Finkley with the Finkley Experience. I am here to offer you information about our College Readiness Cohort Series. This College Readiness Series includes college applications, SAT, ACT prep, scholarships, financial aid, the mental mind state, HBCU versus PWI versus technical colleges, and so much more. You know this is helpful because it's actually like making me change my college plan. Really? If you're interested, visit our website at thefinkleyexperience.com or just email us at michael at thefinkleyexperience.com. We're looking forward to working with you on the next Michael Finkley. Dr. Lisa Justice and Micah Vaughn. Next Finkley. Friday. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us on the Michael Finkley Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I do hope that you learned something from this show. Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you so much, Aaron, for being with us and telling your stories and sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, and your words with us. Thank you so much. On Friday's Finkley, we're talking about education. It's a show, again, it's something dear and near to my heart because I'm a strong advocate for education. We have Dr. Lisa Justice, and also we have Micaiah Vaughn with us. Another show you don't want to miss. So stay tuned on Friday's Finkley. If you're not already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Michael Finkley Show. Ring that bell for notification. We'll see you an email saying, hey, new content is uploaded. Please listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for up-to-date information about what we do here at The Michael Finkley Show, please visit our website at michaelfinkleyshow.com. Thank you so much for watching. And y'all, guess what? We'll see you Friday. Have a good one. <laughs>